Hey, dear listener, do you enjoy listening to us ramble incoherently about Canadian politics and history? Boy, do we have a special fucking treat for you. We've got our first ever official live show at a bar. It's at Two Crows Brewing on uh, Brunswick Street in Halifax on Sunday, May the 26th at 8 p.m. And uh, if you go to CanadianPoliticsIsBoring.com, if you look at the banner at the top, it will take you to the tickets so that you can uh, book a ticket and come and spend some quality time. It is going to be a very intimate affair. There are like only about 50 tickets available. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to drink a lot. We're going to quiz. Reese is going to quiz me at the end, but he's also going to quiz the audience and see if they know more than I do. And any alcohol you buy, Reese and I, we promise to drink it no matter how much it is. If you want to hold our hair while we barf in the plants outside of the bar, we'll do that for you. So go to CanadianPoliticsIsBoring.com, click the banner at the top, and on Sunday, May the 26th at Two Crows Brewing on Brunswick Street, we will see you there. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Canadian Politics is Boring. such a radio voice Jesse does really he's, really he's, really he's really getting the like voiceover yeah, and I think he's got the right it's let's be honest you walk into a bar you're like what's this hot mess coming then the hot mess opens and these dulcet chords give way to this radio friendly voice you're like oh I'm the hot mess you ordered wow I'll have three please <laughs> yeah, Jesse is actually getting into trying to do voiceover um professionally. I think you I think you got a good trailer voice as well. Thank you. Oh, radio sure. ads, like regional oh, sure. regional landscaping companies on the radio, I can imagine you I've do. done one radio ad. Have you? Paid. Yeah, yeah. It was in the States and they barely wanted to pay me. <laughs> and 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 they, they used music in the background that I I listened to. I'm like, there's something different about this. Like, oh, you can hear the um What's it called? The watermark, the audio watermark in the background. They didn't pay for the, the music. They just stole it. Com. Uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Right? So I'm like, oh wow, and they paid oh, me like oh. a whopping fifty dollars yeah. to do the whole radio. Imagine ad. that from a company that's clearly cutting corners. Already. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe it'll matter when it comes to me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm officially recording, so we are in the episode. But <laughs> oh great, no, right, Je- Je- <laughs> Jess is eating a donut. He hasn't got his headphones on. He's waiting for a coffee. Well, I'm here. Um, so I'm going to introduce donut ASMR. 
No. Here we go. Here we go. Mm. It's very disappointing. They don't actually. It's the yeah, future. Mm. We had a we had a review from somebody saying that they like the show. They just couldn't deal with the ASMR of Jesse constantly eating and drinking into the microphone. <laughs> so, <laughs> so. Well, well, listener, if you're out there, that's the hot mess factor that you just have to take if you want to hear that gorgeous voice. Turn just give me a test as well. Jesse's yeah. voice goes all over the place. Testicles, testicles. Perfect. One, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I'm pretty monotone, so I'm usually somewhere in the middle. That's good. Oh, well, good for you. I'm overly animated. So, <laughs> which I'm sure, weirdly enough, has probably never helped in my career. But uh, Stop, nobody, nobody likes some of the energy on stage. People can take it. Take it or leave it. Whenever I go low energy, I'm like, oh, it's it's it is. Uh, well, because I used to lean into the being the stoner yeah, guy. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. earlier in my career, I was very much the stoner comic. And then I realized, oh, if I'm actually stoned when I'm on stage, I am less funny. Yeah. I am less like. You got to have the energy oh, on a yeah. scale of Jack D to um, I don't know uh, uh, Lee Evans. Where would you be on that scale? Oh, well, those, very... are, those are both high energy yeah. guys. So I think I'm under. I actually, you gave me a good scale there because I get to go. I'm negative two on a scale of Jack. You might minus so Jack like, D by two. Yeah, you, yeah. You got to go with somebody more like Norm Macdonald yeah, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. to Lee Evans. I'm a I'm a plus ten to Norm Macdonald's uh, laid back observational style. <laughs> <laughs> but I will never be. But I tell you what, Lee Evans does inspire you sometimes with like his uh, shotgun routine or whatever that is, the machine gun routine yeah, where yeah, he turns yeah. the mic stand into a machine gun and rattles, uh, shoots everybody down. Like that was that's a kind of hyper energy routine that you do see when you're a young comic and you go, I need yeah some sort of physical thing like that. And I, I did have it for it. I had a routine where I was using the mic stand as a broom. Yeah, 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 you know, I would I would get out my broom and be sweeping <laughs> off some trash. I don't remember the full routine now, but but that's all inspired by the magic of Lee Evans when you see him just use and use like, things and invent things out of nowhere on the stage. And like he was like one of those comedians. I remember watching him as a kid, and like um, he's one of the. I don't remember watching that much stand up comedy as a kid, but that's the one stand up comic I remember from like the nineties. Yeah, as being like a real breakthrough kind of act, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it blows your mind. And and drenching himself in sweat. I know, sweat, sweat into a three piece suit. Remarkable, <laughs> because it, because any other comic. I mean, we're not talking flop sweat here. We're just talking hustle sweat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that kind of hustle sweat. If it starts to hit you in a hot environment, you're like, this just doesn't, this is is making me less funny. People are, the Edinburgh Festival is notoriously hot. All those rooms are hot yeah. and sweaty. And if you have an excessively hot and sweaty night, like I, I did actually last Edinburgh Festival I did in 2019, I had to change a shirt halfway through the show. And it wasn't fun for the, I tried to make it fun and I tried to go, look, I have to change clothes right now i'm this shirt is weighing me down it's dripping on the floor you're all looking at me hustling and sweating here and that wasn't adding to the humor it wasn't it wasn't going but it's fun we can tell you're working your ass off if that wasn't the tone as i went off stage and changed my shirt the tone seemed to be oh god we're all hot too why don't we just go outside let's get some fresh air yeah yeah um, so that's it's, it's a tough one to juggle is jesse with coffee and another donut um uh, and uh, so I, we should probably do an introduction is this is uh, this is jj whitehead awesome hello oh thanks thanks for the little bits uh we had little bits in the coffee Great. come to That's come what, to halifax get little bits in your coffee 
I, think, oh, I just think it would be so hot out today, and so I'm sweating. I apologize in advance if I uh, have a wonderful man stank to me. Can you also shut the door? Thank you. But I was just introduced to JJ, international Canadian export. Hello. Of Supreme Comedy. Uh, Supreme. Welcome. Supreme Comedy. Better get your hopes up. That's how we, that's how we describe it. <laughs> so... Uh, Thanks for coming on the show, JJ. Thanks for having me. I really enjoy... It's been a fun trip back to my homeland, and I'm happy to see that you guys have become a part of the tapestry. So, uh, JJ, in, in 30 seconds or less, uh, let's say that you're at a party full of people that you've never met. You're um, completely coked out, <laughs> and, and someone's like, hey, man, what do you do? What's, uh, tell me about you. So you've got 30 seconds to... Um, bewilder our audience i'm a comic are you holding (laughs) (laughs) i guess i'm a stand-up comic i'm from nova scotia and my career mainly started in britain and now i'm based out of los angeles that sums things up and i've traveled traveled the world 25 okay well i've traveled the world for about 20 years (laughs) doing jokes doing jokes uh you name it in any market around the world and uh in the last five years though everything's changed for me and i now live in los angeles and i write a bit of tv yeah, so J- JJ, Cole Harbour from originally. I am right? originally from Cole Harbour. There's that big sign that says Sydney Crosby. <laughs> I am. I am. You from, need to sign next to it. I or... am very from very close to that sign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am from walking walking distance of the of uh, this is Sydney Crosby's land. So, like, what you? My understanding is you moved to, to the UK and you didn't go into the UK to get into comedy. You got into com. The UK made you get into comedy. Is that, yeah, is that right. how it well, works well, in the UK? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, yeah. in Britain, you just get forced indoors frequently, and you're like, how are we going to entertain ourselves? In a way, it should be what happens here in Nova Scotia, but we found other ways to entertain ourselves. But uh, yeah, I moved to the UK shortly after graduating from Dalhousie here in Halifax uh, with, a, with a health professions degree. Uh, but I wanted to... what, sorry? You know, health, you know, the health professions? <coughs> I mean, like doctoring, nursing, all that stuff. Kinesiology, most. Mostly kinesiology. You're and, a kinesiologist. Well, I would say my brother is a kinesiologist because he actually did what it, the degree said. But what I wanted to do was I wanted to work. Uh, it was more administrative, like rec administration. You wanted kind of to thing. be an, uh, uh, an administrator well, in the office of a kinesiologist. Well, no, you a wanted thing, to work for your brother. There's an. <laughs> I wanted to work. I very much wanted to work for my my brother who works here at the QE2. Uh, good uh, word up to the first responders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're up for the support system. My brother works in the yeah, healthcare yeah. here. Basically, the very end of my degree at Dell, I uh, was working in South Carolina. I went and worked uh, for Hilton you Head. Well traveled. I, I was in Hilton. Head. Yeah, even before I became a comedian, I was just trying to find a way to travel. I'm a military kid, so my father was, is Jeez, in the Canadian Air Force. A, a rich and so lustrous background. Well traveled <laughs> kid. Very in the pre Facebook days, I had a lot of trouble keeping friends. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of temporary relationships you have a lot of pen pals well I, you know what you'd be amazed at how many military kids become comedians because you you end up drinking with comics around the world mm. uh, after shows and stuff and a lot of them go yeah i was i was raised in the military as well and we, wow. we moved around a lot as a kid uh, so i think it's a bit of a 
defense mechanism that you start right. to uh, develop when you're a kid because you're always the new kid in town and you're always getting picked. You're always asked for the f- your first fight. Every new school, I was the f- the the school the new kid. Or she had to learn to make them know. laugh real quick. Yeah, yeah so or you, else they punched you in the face. Did you say like, math? No, laugh. You had to make oh. them laugh real quick. Yeah, yeah. You had to be able or, to laugh everything math. off. You had to learn, and, you had to yeah, learn yeah, math yeah. real quick because I don't know how that makes sense at yeah. all. But like, let's go down that road. I'm the new kid at school. I get picked on a lot. I had to learn math right away. <laughs> I just want to clarify too. I'm also really good at math, uh, but, but but yes, you had to learn to make them laugh, maybe loosen them up, and uh, that was the only way to try to fit in every, everywhere you moved as a kid. So that is uh, something like that I've noticed. Every, I could name tons of comedians that I've met who are like, "Oh yeah, I was raised in the military too. We moved around a lot." So that was the start of my childhood. Every three years, we'd be posted. Either my father was the my father was the commanding officer here at Shearwater for nine eleven during nine eleven wow. when all those planes were redirected. That was my dad's job here. But we were also posted out in Victoria on the on the west coast, and uh, and then going on to live around the world. So when I graduated Dow, I worked. I was working in Hilton Head Island. I worked for Marriott Hotels. That was the way what I ended my degree. So that was my dissertation. You were a kinesiologist at a I hotel? I ran their activities. So I was doing, <laughs> I was doing, yeah, I was doing uh, like dolphin trips and golf tournaments and all that kind of stuff. Let's dive and, into that for a second. Yeah, I'll, do, I'll, I'll tell you all about the, <laughs> yeah, yeah, how, yeah. how to do a dolphin trip. What the hell is a dolphin trip? Well, there's 22 dolphins. In <laughs> 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 my time of uh, finishing my degree down there, yeah, we had 22. Two dolphins in the element. I knew them all by name and, and personality. And I would take the tourists out in the boat, like the tourists that were staying at the Marriott Hotel, of course. This is uh, where? So Hilton Head Island in South Carolina. Oh, wow. That's where I finished my degree, which is weird. I recommend this to any students here in how like being from nova scotia i couldn't wait to find a way to see the rest of the world mm. which is where my graduating class at dell was there's probably i think there was 52 of us or something but only five of us chose to leave canada for mm. for our final semester for our final like, i would have jumped on that yeah yeah crushed it so I, yeah i i couldn't wait so i got to go to hilton head on and do it all but even then i found it wasn't for me because <laughs> it was very short hair Clean cut. Uh, yeah, wearing... you've got a very, you've got a, a hairstyle very similar to mine. Yeah, I find. yeah more yeah. reckless, and nobody's telling me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a lot of you my decisions. No one's measuring your hair every morning. That's yeah. who you remind me of, Dax Shepard. Ah, Dax. I, you know what? I get his. Con- I've never met him, but I love him. I, yeah, good his guy. Podcast is hilarious would, and wonderful. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I'll take that. There's, okay, the, other, yeah. there's the other guy too, the uh, who played um, Shaggy in Scooby Doo. Uh, oh my God. Uh, Willard, um, yeah, Matthew Lillard. Matthew, Li- Matthew Lillard, not not Willard. Yeah, <laughs> Willard Scott, adore him. But yeah, but yeah, but not Yeah, yeah, I get the Matthew Lillard. He uh, was the perfect Shaggy. He was he was the amazing. perfect Shaggy. Yeah, yeah. If <laughs> he was the perfect Shaggy, is a great quote. <laughs> Yeah. That was Wikipedia. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that you got his uh, when he dies. You're you're ready. You're yeah. right. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> well, I'm re- the Oscars where they fade through all the people they lost that year. Perfect. Oh, I'd be terrible if that was the photo. I know exactly. Oh, poor Matthew. Matthew, I love you, dude. But uh, yeah, we're. Yeah, could you imagine? His, that's the shot. Him with Scooby. <laughs> CGI Scooby, dude. <laughs> I hope you live a long life, Matthew. And I know you've had a great career, but. If I who knows how the generations will change, but if that's what they want, wasn't oh he also God. in Hackers? Was he in Hackers? Yeah, he was. 
I think. God, that's an yes, old film. Yeah, I believe so. And yeah. Scream. And Love Scream. Scream. Yeah, 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 yeah. Scream was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, wow. Yeah, very good. Film. So I have, got, I have, I have got that comparison before. But um, yeah, that's basically the deal. I was running activities down in um, South Carolina for um, Marriott Hotels. That was the end of my degree with Dal. And uh, and after that, I returned here. I I did uh, bartend here for a while in Halifax before. Uh, it was called the it, so it had two iterations, but it was called the Market Street Jazz Cafe. Oh, it was one. just below the Metro Center, and then it was called the Velvet Olive for wow. a while. Oh, I remember the Velvet Olive. There we go. So yeah. I think I remember the Velvet Olive. I can't Olive. look yeah. up whether, yeah. it was, whether it was classy or, or whether and it was. And we had stand up comedy in there. Yeah, yeah. It was classy. Uh, you know, we had lots of. It was in like the, uh, in this weird sort of like back street. And, yes. Like around, yeah. the, around the corner from Reflections, I think. And like the. It was like there was nothing but construction on the other side of the street. It was nothing but a parking lot like in behind it. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah, but lots of independent like metalworking artists did the interior and Mm -hmm. stuff and the chairs and very cool. It was yeah, it was really cool. Uh, Brad Denton, uh, who I think lives in Toronto, he was the artist that kind of designed the bar and everything. This is going way back, but that was my first. I was going to say like I asked you to introduce yourself in thirty seconds. He did it in five. I said you got another twenty-five, and you've been going for ten minutes now, man. (laughs) Well, well, let's be honest. I wasn't when I'm talking. Talking about Matthew Lillard for a minute. That's not really. I, I, I don't think, think he's part of your story. Yeah, I think the me intro. I do feel the me intro was done about 15 minutes ago. So. When, I, when I was just talking about your life, yeah. it's good. It's, uh, yeah, geez, don't set me up like that, man. Like, oh, then he, uh, then he ranted and ran. You would never believe what this guy did. He came, he came to have a chat with us, and you know what he did? He fucking talked to us the whole time. Holy shit! The balls on that. I'm so glad somebody said it. Jesse, you, I didn't want to say it. But gonna, you, you took the headphones off and immediately forgot we were doing a podcast. That's what happens. That's right. That's well, we, are, we were just having lunch together. I know. It's just a continuation of lunch. I'm trying to tell you. I told you guys we should have started hours ago. I know. I, know. I, know. I, know. I, know. I had this weird affili- uh, affliction where people don't know that I'm being sarcastic. And I'm dead serious, by the way. Like, it's been the past 10 years or so. I'll be very sarcastic about something and people will just be turned dead serious like really jesse it's what do you mean like cadavers what there's too much sincerity in your it's, voice you're gonna have to learn like a sarcastic gear or something I'm gonna, you're gonna, yeah you're gonna, honestly, cause, cause, you, cause you can't deliver and keep delivering your sarcasm <laughs> like as, as if you're like some englishman who's like just straightforward because because british people can do it because when british people are sarcastic there's something in the tone that you're like oh i get it but if you don't change your tone at all yeah dude i think you're being serious so you're gonna have to learn a little Little high thing? <laughs> oh, you just like widen your eyes or something. Like, just anything. I don't know if that would go over very well. We don't really like you. <laughs> that worked. That worked. I caught your eyebrows and uh, there we go. That totally, that totally worked for me. Uh, I am sweating today. like a like a pig, man. I am so sorry in advance for the the smells that are going to be just wafting into your nose cavity soon enough. Uh, enjoy that. The both of you. I thought you were talking to the audience. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think you understand how this works. Smell, smell <laughs> some yeah. powerful sweat that it's it, coming right? through. 
Oh yeah, that's it. It's a hot nobody day, nobody yeah. smell your computers right now. This, is, is, how, this is how you make a really good podcasting studio: is it's completely soundproof and airtight. Yeah, that's, that's phase two. We're going to do it next year, I think. So uh, it'd be fine in the winter. Uh, so when you got to the UK and you got into comedy, yeah. Oh yeah. So, the, so, so that's how, how, yeah, how did you end up doing? Oh yeah, that? If yeah. I can, yeah. Basically, so the reason why we mentioned that Halifax bar—that was my last mm. job here in Halifax. The they did have though. a comedy night, so I will say shout out to like the first Canadian comedians who i ever got to see because they worked on this hour's 22 minutes and they would come down on like a tuesday night and do the do this and it was chris finn um tim steves and mark farrell all uh, great comedians and writers they were my earliest intro i even remember chris finn i had him at the back bar and i'm bartending and the, so the back so they would perform by the close to the upper bar and um i'm at the back and i remember saying to chris finn uh at one point because we're talking about comedy and i went i'm not boring you am i manny and he was like no not at all and then i went because i want to become a comedian someday too and chris finn went now you're boring me kid. <laughs> 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 and i've always taken that memory with me and I, and I told tim steves and mark farrell that story i haven't seen chris finn since but i but i uh, that's I t- very funny i told i've told them about the story and basically yeah i always wanted to be a comedian i couldn't figure out the avenue because other than bartending at the back of the velvet olive uh for that year um there wasn't a comedy club in halifax then there wasn't a way forward i can only see oh, toronto there was there no there wasn't no. um i think the generation before me had one at the misty moon or something oh, the misty moon right my parents and now used to we've go to got yeah. yeah now we've got uh, yuck yucks here and and i think a few other comedy yeah, nights yeah. pop up here and there which is fantastic and i uh so i couldn't see an avenue i wanted to eventually move to toronto but basically i went to scotland first as you do just to, <laughs> well because if you're under 25 you can get a two-year working visa for a commonwealth oh, country i never did any stuff like that that's yeah really jesse used a passport to go to america and that's it that's right yeah. well <laughs> i mean at least you went somewhere at least you went somewhere <laughs> it was for uh, yeah i was like honestly like if you get just make a short film and get it into as many film festivals as you can because they will treat you like royalty man it's they don't pay for for airfare but they'll put you up in a hotel they'll get your personal driver they'll feed you like like they're like getting you ready for the slaughter right yeah. and it's it's and there's parties all the time and it's just for a little fucking weird short film like just trust man it's great it's a great vacation doing it like a film festival vacation but that's that's what i did that's was my the entirety <laughs> of my travels was in the states right in film festivals yeah. that's so that's kind of sad <laughs> well, great I, way to see the world i don't know it's still, it's still more adventure than a lot of people yeah, 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 yeah. i guess yeah. yeah but sorry scotland oh well, yeah. Yeah, yeah so i i picked so i got my commonwealth thing i hugely i highly recommend that to young canadians if you want an adventure if you didn't get one out of your college studies or you know in your gap year or whatever you want to call it um i got that one to go to the commonwealth i picked edinburgh because my father being military i asked my dad i was like where's the prettiest place you've been to and my dad uh, spoke highly of edinburgh so i moved to edinburgh scotland and then on my and my game plan actually was to just have this gap summer i was like six months in britain then i'll be back i'm gonna go to toronto and start stand up uh, pretending to go to journalism school you know go to ryerson uh, i was doing photojournalism nice. um so i was gonna go to ryerson and and but i wanted to be a comedian i actually was just keeping it at the back of my mind it's a really hard thing to say especially if you're from the maritimes 
It's really hard thing to say to people. I want to be a stand-up comedian. That's I not don't a... think that's a maritime problem. I think that's an everywhere problem. Okay, okay yeah, maybe it is. Well, I don't know. It's a very realistic job. And when you land in Britain, you can yeah, yeah, see yeah. that you can, really. Yeah, oh yeah, British comedy is very strong. If, and... if, if we just went to Britain, and I just I went to the pub. Well, everyone's drinking at the pub, so they probably no. They be... no. I think if you so if you're saying just saying it out loud, yeah. I think if you said it in a British pub, they would go, "Well, here's the path." Let's yeah, march yeah, down. Yeah. Let's march oh. down to the comedy club. Let's see if you got the chops. We'll no get fucking you on stage, they, they were, and we'll help you try to nurture a career in doing this. Yeah, there's a very realistic path to doing that's it. That's amazing. They're, they're, that. yes, they're a stand-up yeah. comedian, so I would say haven't broken through on TV or like don't have their own radio shows and, and yeah. aren't on massive stages. But they just do um, medium, small size clubs and, and tour a lot. They even more than like a doctor. They, there's a real industry there. Wow. Even with that really breaking thing. Yeah, I make, honestly didn't know that. Yeah, That's you amazing. Can make as much as a GP as, yeah, just working the surrogate in oh, Britain. Shit. It's a realistic path. Uh, which is crazy well, why didn't you I mean it's gotten there? harder we did that's what we did that's what we did we came to Jesse's back everybody <laughs> and, uh, I think he left the room for a second but uh, yeah so, <laughs> uh, so I arrived in Scotland <laughs> well, yeah. Scotland doesn't count that's great. That's great. That's great. That's great. Have you been teaching him about geography or anything? No, no, it's it's I'm, I'm teaching him about Canada. <laughs> <laughs> I'm quite dumb. It, turn, it turns out you get a lot of preconceived notions about the way the world uh, is working. Uh, but yeah, that's basically what happened was, um, so my overall game plan was that I was just on my gap year or whatever you want to call it when you've graduated university and you just want to go and find yourself. And I was at the hostel, second night at the hostel, and people from the hostel were going to a comedy club. Uh, this is comedy in Toronto. Club. It's yeah. called in. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's that sarcasm? You didn't even move your eyebrows that time. <laughs> Uh, so yeah and um at the end of that comedy night on my second night the the uh, compare the host she did say if you want to try this let us know i went back to the hostel that night i didn't tell any of my new new friends at the hostel that i'm gonna go to it but i just went down on my own the next day and i knocked on the door and i went i want to try to do this and i enrolled in it and and uh you know that's one of the easier things too i didn't do it in front of anybody i knew right right it was a yeah. secret thing i, I wouldn't want to do it in front of anyone i do either yeah which is weird because yeah. i now know comics who do I, yeah. I know there's a couple comics in la who tell me stories of like my first gig i packed it with my friends and family and all this i'm like wow how could you do like, that I, I that would do be that. Yeah. devastating that would scare the <laughs> shit out of me it depends on how supportive your family is yeah, but, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a... even so. Yeah, I felt like it's something I had to grow into. I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But uh, but I was able to do it in front of strangers, and and then, and it went and it went, it went okay. <laughs> it went, <laughs> I went fine. So that's why hey, no, so, that's like that's kind of huge for the first time. Like, there's so many people who bomb right away, right off the bat. Yeah, right? I didn't so. bomb until my seventh. <laughs> gig so yeah but I, the fact that you didn't right away is kind of really impressive you, you know like but i think yeah but i think that's british too of like you get a little bit of a leeway a little bit of uh, there's a they people accept there's a little bit of nuance to the art form and i right. do think it, it's harder in in north america i think because the attitude uh go ahead common, make me laugh nobody can you know? see <laughs> the end game of this unless you just want to pitch you're pitching to be an actor or something so oh right yeah there's Nobody becomes a comedian to become a comedian in North America. They become a comedian to 
be on television that is or frequently be in a movie. The case. You or, have to yeah. add a string to their bow kind of thing. Right. That is frequently the case. Whereas in Britain, you can go, oh, I'm going to be the, a comedian. And that's the job. Do stand-up. Because like, yeah, oh, really people really analyze it as an art form then. And like the, like yeah. Edinburgh in particular is, you know, like this amazing festival where you can have every different kind of comedy and yeah. people are creating stuff you've never seen before. But they, 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 they kind of celebrate that as an art form the yeah. whole month is about it. Really. Yeah, and there's a crazy thing about the attitude of Edinburgh too, whereas um, everybody's doing these solo shows and sharing this piece of their life. And even if you're a weaker comedian who maybe can't fill an hour yet, but you're doing one, it's amazing how the audience grows up with you because yeah. they come to see you and they will will come to see you next year that you're at Edinburgh because they can't wait to see. It's like early Twitch. It's like early all these all these social media things now That's where people cool. want to be have a piece of your life and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. be more involved in you. And that used to be very much in a live setting of like I can't wait to check in with this person whose life I've been kind of getting snippets of here and there right. on the <laughs> comedy circuit and by coming to the Edinburgh Festival. So and that's and being in Edinburgh, uh, so and. I volunteered at the Edinburgh Festival too when I started doing stand-up comedy, and I just got, I just got fully involved, and so that's uh, yeah. So that was the that's very cool. And then man. I never came home, so I was when I told my <laughs> so that was where yeah. After yeah. telling my parents, look, I'm just gonna go see Europe for like six months, travel around. I feel like when you told them that you you did air quotes with your hands, <laughs> yeah. you go see Europe. <laughs> what does that mean? What, 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 uh, you yeah. see Europe or not? Like, what, <laughs> oh, yeah. my mom was very much. I mean, my mom still for 15 years in that I lived in in Britain was still when are you coming home <laughs> mom this is my I'm, I'm, I'm here I'm, I'm in I'm in I'm, 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 I do it I do this now kinesiologist yeah. like, like your well, brother really, like, yeah just like your brother well she's really happy that I moved to Los Angeles now because she thinks that I'm closer and I try to explain her I'm not <laughs> believe it or not this is a Canadian moms Canadian moms please beware that, that sometimes <laughs> sometimes we're closer even though we seem like we're in Iceland or something yeah, yeah. We're, we're just actually, let her have the fantasy man just like, <laughs> but I tried to tell her I was like because living in Britain I could be home for lunch I can fly home and with the time yeah, yeah, difference like, if you get Heathrow to Halifax it's like six hours yeah and, and I, then a four hour time difference yeah boom exactly. so you leave at eight oh, wow. you're home for for lunch and whereas the, LA yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I leave for LA I get home at like six in the morning the next yeah, day yeah, yeah. and I'm trying to tell my mom that I'm actually technically further away <laughs> it's really it's, funny. when i moved from the uk to canada to like atlantic canada i was like it's i know people who would fly to turkey for a week for a holiday which is roughly five and a half six hours from the yeah. uk but the idea that we were going to canada it was like this distant it was like flying to new zealand they were right. like that's so far away and i was yeah. like you just came out from turkey you didn't have, <laughs> yeah. you know it, it, and it was fine you went there for one week <laughs> You're in there for a long weekend. Like, yeah. It's like, can't, people can't do the math. No, no, no. Yeah. It's going to be easy. And it's all foreign. And yeah, like my mom, it's just, as long as there's not a body of water. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's between us, then uh, she thinks I'm closer. <laughs> That's exactly. really funny. But there's, you know, the, the, we are close to the border to that country. So I guess if you just go, oh, it's just, if you think about it in terms of a country rather than yeah. the actual distance, I guess. What's that coming down the driveway, Reese? It's me with a fresh delivery from the ad man. Come oh my smell gosh. it. I will come smell it. I love how your ads smell. Oh, golly, it's oh, fresh. Leah, stuff it in my face. Ah, oh, oh, fresh ads. Smack me in the face with it. Oh, yeah, just the way I like it. Ads.
I, I, I want to interrupt for a second. I'm curious. It just dawned on me, Reese. Do you have a topic for today? I was going. <laughs> I, I did have a topic. Do we do topics on this I, show? I, did, <laughs> I, did I thought a, Matthew Lillard was the. Uh... Initially, I did have a topic, but then, <laughs> then uh, I I wanted to talk about the writing process for the Jim Jeffries show because mm. because um, uh, I'll go into why, but but um, like so so when JJ was uh, was writing the Jim Jeffries show. You should uh, put that right up to the mic. Our audience loves it. Oh, right. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a... Sorry that I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> and the, um, oh, there we go. We'll let him enjoy that. Yes. Ah. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> so I, 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 if, if the audience hasn't uh, watched any episodes, uh, take a look on YouTube because there's tons of uh, clips and moments from the show that are on there. And, yeah, uh, we make every, yeah, this contemporary TV. Exactly. Everything's designed, especially in shows like a political comedy show, everything's designed to have a little four minute clip on the, Can this go into a clip exactly. on YouTube? Mm. And, and you were writing a political comedy show. Uh, like uh, a nightly show and it was during one of the weirdest political times ever in his yeah. lifetime and also uh, well, Jim, Jim Jeffries is Australian you're Canadian and you yeah. were writing for like well, a primetime American yeah, show you might be you might be yeah that's right and I, I'm a Canadian and uh, and we had uh, Matt Kirshen who's British um, in our writer's room and uh but yeah you know our pilot was done two weeks before the election and it was actually all geared towards hillary winning oh wow so we took it we actually uh so the pilot was done with hillary winning and then i mean this is back in 2016 so that was yeah i mean that was when we were pitching the show yeah i've seen other shows who who did that like actually new girl was like uh which i'm going through right now had us had an episode about like you know all about hillary and stuff like that and i think oh yeah well look at everyone's expecting hillary to win because not because hillary was great but because who the fuck would actually vote trump yeah look at how how sad (laughs) stephen colbert was so because i will say that so Stephen Colbert was one of the most shocked in the world because yeah, I don't yeah. know if you all remember because he did, did it live. I don't remember. And no. he got drunk. Uh, he got he got so sad and drunk. On Is that, the, seriously? He lost all this. You know, he was not ready for, to be hit with that. I got kicked out of a party what? that night. So luckily, so was, well, my friend, my friend, like was my friend Ryan was so mad when it when it happened that he destroyed. He broke his TV by throwing his remote that hard at his TV. He had to buy a whole new TV. But sorry. It's not, not yeah, as good yeah. as getting kicked out of a party. Right, yeah, no. It's, <laughs> so, so the Jim Jeffries pilot was done. I wasn't part of the team did the pilot. I joined them on episode one. So I joined the writing staff. But I had just, this is, I was just moving over from Britain. I was just coming over for mm. opportunities, making the final move. I had been dipping into LA for a few years, but still living in London. Uh, but coming over, dipping in, and I knew I had a shot to write on the show. Uh, pilot, very much geared towards Hillary Clinton winning. So that was fine. So there was immediate reshoots and stuff. To, to the pilot oh uh, but i arrived and i went to a party and this shows you how i wasn't into the american mindset yet because when trump started winning and all the red uh, states started getting announced i was laughing i'm at the because i was having so much fun with everybody and i guess in a way i kind of didn't realize oh yeah i live here now this greatly affects all the liberal minded right. people that i'm standing over and i'm just getting drunk and pointing <laughs> at the screen and laughing <laughs> I was I was kind of behaving like a kid who still lived in Britain, and then my buddy who was hosting the party had to come over and go, "Hey Jay, uh, maybe you should go home." 
because you're having a little too much fun here. And I was like, yeah, you guys are all treated like awake or something. And, like, <laughs> and, then I, and on my walk home, after I got kicked out of the party, I went, oh, yeah, this is their country. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. I was, I was pointing and laughing and feeling like I can, I can live anywhere in the world. This shit show that I'm coming here for. And, then, and, now, and now I have lived there for a few years, and I realized, oh, yeah, the consequences are, are uh, much graver than me. Because I, I guarantee you, I did not laugh at the last election. No, 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 no. I, I want to go, oh, please, please, can we be done with this, <laughs> this era of insanity? I guarantee so, that you were, like, desensitized from Brexit like me. Because oh, you were in the UK totally. when that happened. You would be like, well, anything could happen now. So Yeah, well, I was I was in the UK for the Scotland vote, for the for the leaving... Uh, the refer- uh, oh, yeah, the, the referendum. Yeah, I was yeah. there for that, which was crazy, because that, yeah. um, that was a yes vote until I went to bed, and I woke up and it had swung yeah, yeah, yeah. it on. So, so, yes, I'm kind of... But having lived in Britain for 15 years, I do did feel uh, closer to that decision. I'm just new to America, so I am new. I'm uh, and and I'm just I'm Canadian through and through, and so so I'm still. There's a, still a little part of me that feels like I'm an outside observer right. living amongst them. I, yeah. so, I think I would feel the I, same way if yeah. I moved to America, honestly. Yeah, you know? but I would never feel that way about Britain. I do have an emotional attachment yeah, yeah, yeah. to Britain that actually the Brexit decision actually did. I still do feel heavy-hearted that's actually yeah, really just from that, a psychological so. perspective why do you feel like that is why do you feel like a, an emotional connection to britain well, but not, having lived not there, the states having lived there for 15 years oh, and having had my <laughs> com- yeah and having had my okay. comedy career start there in, in 99 and stuff right. i very much and also for much of my career i really thought i was never going to leave britain i really thought this is it i'm a british-based Canadian comedian and I love Britain very much. Right. Uh, so yeah. So I uh, yeah. Uh, so I feel close to decisions like that. Whereas America, I've never. America's <laughs> always been my novel country, the south of Canada, that produced some of my favorite comedians. But I didn't think of that American dream until, or I didn't rethink of that American dream until maybe five years ago when I moved there. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I guess does that uh, the outside of perspective is always really good for writers. So do you find that I that was a real so, yeah. tool for, for writing about po- the politics? Yes. When I, you kind of parachuted in, I guess. Yeah, and I think that's part of the science behind the success that I had in Britain, too, was that I got to be this outside yeah. guy commenting to the British. And the British love being uh, laid into as well. You know, like somebody British, from, from, like, away. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> and also, yeah, and the using... You can be self-deprecating to British to British people as long as you're. I try. Sorry, I, well, sorry, or sorry. You can be. You can not make, self-deprecating. Straight up deprecating. Yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. You can, but you can make fun of the British as long as you make fun of yourself as well. Oh, is that? Oh and shit! I've been doing wrong the rules. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, that, and that doesn't sorry, work with Reese. Americans. <laughs> it actually doesn't. It works a lot less with Americans. I feel Americans, like that's also that's a very Canadian uh, thing as well. Like I think it is too. I think yeah. Canadians love to go. Oh, you're shit like us too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's something about our Commonwealth attitude yeah. that makes us go, like I will, I will love you as long as you suck like me. Absolutely, absolutely. And then there is a difference in nuance when you go to America. Is like I will love you, but please don't tell me that I suck. Please build me up. Please do really? this, and I want to build you up. And let's all. There's a little bit. There's a lot more of that actually compared to oh, Britain. Wow. Oh yeah, Britain's Britain loves to hate themselves. I have they noticed. Love I have noticed that. Yeah, love to be like, told in that a really they funny suck. way, though. It, yeah. Yeah, as as everything's 
fucking shit. But what, yeah. you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. It's my life. And also, <laughs> and that's the great thing about, I think it teaches a lot about comedy living in Britain too, because cause you can tell them that they suck, but but you have to be in the sucking too. Yeah, you, you can't appear above them. Yeah, because yeah. otherwise you get that attitude, but hey, that's for us to decide if we yeah, suck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whereas if you say that you suck too, they're like, oh, hey, cool, we're all on the same team. Yeah. We're all shit. <laughs> let's, let's have an amazing time in this closed corridors and drink beer and talk about how much life sucks and laugh and make life better. You know, I have a question for you for someone who has lived in Canada, uh, Britain and the States and just curious um, about kitchen parties. Is this right? Is this, as we suspect in the Maritimes, a very much maritime thing or is it kind of everywhere? Well, I think, okay. And so by the, kitchen the, parties, the, I just mean people just gather in the kitchen. Yeah. Whether there's music or food or a party I, or booze, that's just like it happened today in, in Reese's office. Everyone was just yeah. eating donuts and drinking coffee in the kitchen of the office. And I was turning around like, oh, this is this is what we do in the Maritimes. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I think, so I think the acknowledgement is ahead of the curve in the Maritimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, <laughs> people I think, do it without I making think it think. so much because we know the party will end up in the kitchen. <laughs> so, we, so we actually call it a kitchen party because I will say, yes, around the world, every party does end up in the kitchen. Because, oh, because everybody ends up going there for their last drink or for right. their next drink or going to the fridge. And then they end up not migrating back to where they're from. They end up in the conversation in the the kitchen yeah. so the party winds up in the kitchen but only here does it seem we've just named it that because <laughs> because we know that's where the fuck we're going anyway so we're having a kitchen party we're cutting up the middleman we're not uh, like oh, give a shit about the rest of the rooms in the house we, well, we know where the finish line is everybody meet me in the kitchen <laughs> time for a kitchen party so yeah no nowhere else names it the kitchen party but i will say the curve. Yeah, <laughs> but I will say, yeah, in many parties in Britain, we've wound up in the kitchen and we do end up going, the party always ends in the kitchen. That's which is very different. Which is the, the, it's not the yeah. kitchen party, it's where it ended yeah, up. Yeah, and I'm always the one standing going, oh, you guys should come to Nova Scotia. We call it the kitchen party because <laughs> we know where we're going. <laughs> Uh, yeah, if you're heading to the bar, you don't call it the street party before you get to the bar. It's exactly you know, yeah, yeah. the move-in, the exactly. move-in party, the to, the party to the bar. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Do we tend to get our priorities right when we're naming shit? So uh, we, we tend to go on tangents on the show, and this this episode is is uh, no exception. But these tangents have been fantastic. Um, Reese mentioned earlier on that you wanted to talk to 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 JJ about working on the Jim Jeffries show. Is that right? Is that oh, what yeah. you yes, yeah, yeah, Did yeah. you have any? specific questions i just wanted I was, to make I sure that good until you introduced me asking a question thank you for leaving the groundwork for my question structure we're already in the kitchen man you just invited us to the living room <laughs> no, we're gonna all sit down one job <laughs> no i was gonna say the uh with how did you find like the process of writing gags, like watching the news, writing gags on such a fast turnaround? Because even like we do a politics show, but we do we talk we about we talk about yeah, but, we talk, <laughs> but we'll talk about something that happened two hundred years ago. So we we yeah. well, we did some election coverage, and we had a much more immediate, urgent 
um, process of recording stuff that was happening and talking about it. And I found that exhausting. We were both ill. We haven't done an episode for like two weeks. So what was I that? loved it though. I thought it was hilarious. I was fun. just tired. I got three kids. I didn't get much sleep. But how did you find? Curious. <laughs> <laughs> we just doing a selfie. <laughs> As a stand-up comic. Like where maybe you've honed a show or like a, a you know a five minute so, act. Or, uh, okay, I know. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know where your question is going. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I should have. St- yeah, st- yeah, I I know exactly where you're going. <laughs> I don't know why. I kept I was like, you ask the question. Because, uh, <laughs> it was fun. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, how long can we let How many ways can I ask the same question? How many ways can he try to flesh this out? He should have acted confused. and asked for like elaboration. In all honesty, it was. So when you say joke writer, what do you like to mean? What is can you? <laughs> i will i will say first start it was an absolute dream come true because so it's it's amazing it's amazing to go in and write and have your jokes wind up on tv uh, within the week cool. and and also have a team like you get a researcher you know and you can go hey get me uh what what, what you know whatever you've got on on this guy you know kind of thing oh, they deliver it there and yeah yeah we had a re- i had a researcher what? what? So, Give me an example. Like, so, for example, I don't know why this has popped into mind, but I was writing about uh, like transgender athletes and stuff. Okay. So, if I'm writing about transgender athletes and I don't want to say something that's just presumptive and jumping to conclusions, and I want some stats, I had a researcher and I can go, "Can you give me the history and let me know who the first transgender athlete is and when they started, when the Olympics started testing for hormone levels and stuff like that?" And boom, it winds up so that I'm not writing a joke. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, so that I'm not just writing out of ignorance going they don't even test for hormone level or whatever it's like right. saying something stupid. so <clears throat> you get so you get that kind are there of also fuel. in that regards are there fact checkers on the show as well well yeah i get 100 because that happens in the read-through doesn't it so we're mm. all sitting there and we yeah, do yeah. initial read-through of the script that we have for the show if there's a there's seven of us right in a head writer so eight of us writing and if we're sitting there and we see something come across that maybe has some bias or something that that somebody didn't know then we have to call it up so it's up to us there's a lot of wall there's a lot of hurdles (laughs) to get over before you get it done like i remember one time i think my my head writer corrected me this he wanted to say that uh if women were allowed to play uh basketball they would be in the nba by now and i had to be like no 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 they're they're allowed to try out but this the the men are stronger we just have to admit that there's you know so so in a sense we fact checked ourselves you know because there's nothing illegal about women trying out for sports and stuff like that and I have, so, I have a question that I've been wanting to ask you about being in a writer's room that I now realize you can't answer, like, because it's your job and people might be listening. Uh, so I went to the, the, the CFC, the Canadian Film uh, Center. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Uh, it's in Toronto. It's a, a film initiative sort of school place thing. And they taught us about writer's rooms. And I kind of got this impression that, like, oh, it's it's pure hell on earth. It's oh, just right. a nonstop like hell machine of stress and hormones and tears and like was your lecturer burned uh, by the industry by any chance (laughs) (laughs) and i even i even asked well you you do get factions you do get divided especially if you're going to tackle political issues and like like two of the issues that i just mentioned like Mm. you know and uh transgender and sports and stuff they get very heated and people have uh, varying degrees of 
But is, is, it, is it like a gonna... factory where you're just churning out jokes and there's no appreciation, there's no fun? No, I think, like... <laughs> I think the way around it is to have a head writer. We had a very good head writer. Jason Reese is his name. He came over from The Daily Show and and, uh, and also wrote for Sam B's uh, show as well. He was our head writer. So it's up to him. So we can, so the seven of us as separate writers, we can carry our little biases and our own little senses of humor um, in our own writing. Okay. But we have to give it to our head writer. And then it's up to him to go through all of our so if, say we want a seven minute segment um, and usually we would divide in half so four of us are writing this seven minute segment we do our own version it okay. would usually be about 10 minutes which already has too much waffle on it hmm. you know so so four of us have written 10 minutes we give it to the head writer it's up to him to then make that script so he would take oh, what cool. he likes of what we wrote oh wow um and make it into the script and then so there's enough checkpoints that that you know that you get that you can't get away with too much and if you yeah. disagree with each other it's up to your head writer to kind of juggle that measurements and then we have the discussion in the room and it can get heated because if somebody you know has a difference of opinion or you know so and so said something in front of the senate <clears throat> you know and somebody might see a good interpretation of that somebody might right. see the bad but it's up to the head writer to to you flesh that out and i chose that version and then not until jim jeffries comes into the room hmm. for the reading do you have to gauge him and go okay jim i felt the other way too because then maybe because jim you know so there's so many checkpoints even before you get to the jim jeffries presentation part you know and then you have to gauge how he feels right. about it and I, just, I just realized that like i i asked you to publicly declare whether or not you liked your job <laughs> right yes and, like, after the show is over you're gonna like find me around the corner slip me a piece of paper that says i'm being held against my will oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, to go back to that question, yeah that's it was a it's a dream come true and so you need two things to happen i mean you need a job to exist which is amazing so it's great to be in that writer's room and do all that and that said too if my head writer didn't pick things i got in the habit of learning how to turn it into my own stand-up anyway so when oh. so when some of my favorite jokes and you can do that legally yes cool. yeah when some of my jokes <clears throat> wind up on the cutting room floor and uh not so, uh, so it's not like they, they own all the jokes whether they use them or not no yeah yeah well, no, that's they gotta cool. use them if they that's use very them, cool Okay. Yeah, I hope that's the real I mean, deal. Because if, if Comedy <laughs> Central is listening right now, no, and going, I mean, like, Comedy Central might be listening going right now. Going, <laughs> so it's brilliant to go in to uh, the writers' room and write and have those kind of challenges and know that you have to get in order to get a joke. Like a lot of your soldiers die right. on the hill. If you you can go ahead and enter the writers' room on, um, you get your can topic you on metaphor. You get, <laughs> you get your topic on Wednesday. You submit everything on on uh, Thursday. But if you got seventeen soldiers that you're like these the this could be the show this can be the show and then your head writer gets to pick things apart and by monday morning we recorded on tuesdays by monday morning only three of your soldiers have survived you right. just you learn you learn to accept that <clears throat> but i want to say the second most brilliant thing is to write for somebody like jim jeffries because he is a treat so he Aww. he turns whatever you want into comedy gold and that doesn't happen a lot so because i know for a fact in the industry there's a lot of people that you will write for that are a lot harder you know but oh, okay but jim jeffries has funny bones in his tongue you know he's just he's he's good that's to go be awkward. you can uh he's a, he's a funny fucker and uh and so that's a little bit of lightning in a bottle when you when that's you, very cool when you're writing for somebody as skilled as has, him. Has, have you ever made a joke that jim has then made funnier yes 
Yes. So I was going to, cause that happens. So, so when I have my 70, you want more metaphors? <laughs> so when, when I, when I have my, often, often when I have my 17 soldiers who I'm, who I'm very proud That's the of. same metaphor, man. No, 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 no. I'm, I, when, so I got my 17, but I'll have, I have 13 morons who, who didn't really make the cut. But I kind of just, you know, it's it's uh, it's 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 progressive. It's uh, I'm trying to be uh, I'm trying to be inclusive. So I actually I actually hand the in thirty. Division, yeah. yeah, the moron division. So I'll have my moron division. So I got my seventeen gold star soldiers, and then I got my thirteen morons. So I honestly do hand in to my head writer like, here's thirty, here's here's thirty. Our whole battalion is ready to go. I'm really glad that you like this metaphor more than it. So here's the complete battalion, and then sometimes the morons will make it through. How did the morons make the cut? What kind of this this dude is? That joke is five foot two with a peg leg and should should not see battle in any case. And yet he's made the cut. And then I'll see Jim look at it and then it'll come out of Jim's mouth and I'm like, all right, oh, turn, turns out he's a soldier of fortune. All right. So, oh, so yes. Yeah. So under, underestimated. Oh yeah, that is, yeah, that is that skill. Marshall, what are you doing on that? <laughs> I didn't even want to. I didn't even want to pass you in the first place. <laughs> the, thing, the thing I really like about Jim's persona oh. is that... Um, oh, that was funny. He's got, like, this super laid-back yeah. Australian persona. He almost like... It's almost like he... You, it, not to the point where you want to challenge him, but he's kind of laid-back, and, and, and his ability to ask questions and point out very challenging things with, like, interviewees and things. Yeah. I really like that energy that he's got when he's, like... like for instance, the Jordan Peterson interview. Yeah, and Jordan Peterson. I wrote Peterson, on that one, which yeah. was which is amazing. That amazing. was really hard. That was a very hard, oh, controversial interview that we couldn't really, make anybody. Really tough. Jim and I both just talk about that interview because that I'm, was very hard because we tried to be diplomatic. Um, I wrote the you know when Jim holds up the air horn to the girl. The yes, yeah, 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 yeah. I have not so seen we, this or nor from you. Need, you okay. well, I will anyway, to check no, no, this out. Talk, talk about well, it. We I'm tried to like, go after both sides, and and in uh, and, and in the end, we actually got a a pleasant conversation on Jordan. There was none of this asshole like the the controversial figure kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. It didn't happen. We had a good back and forth, Wait, which is really at weird. One, at one point, he admitted he was wrong. <laughs> yes, which so so Jim catches him out. So we managed to catch. But do you remember what it was? But admitting you're wrong, it was about yes, I I 100 do. Um, I, was, I get the feeling that Jordan Peterson is a a civil person and it's just like he's met yes. with a lot of discourse like well, so a lot that's, so right? that's like, part of the difficulty because because in the even in the moment when he admits that he's wrong that's just a con that's two two people having a conversation yeah. back and forth and we thought the admittance of being wrong this divided our writers room a lot actually uh the admittance of being wrong i thought showed humanity and respect and composure as, absolutely as some, and then some other of us even in our thought we got him we got him <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and so and so then all of a sudden we got people going no no we didn't get him we're showing that he's human being yeah that he's, <laughs> he's reasonable and yeah. so and then you, and then the takeaway from that just divides everybody in, yeah, yeah, in yeah. america and there and there, there's the we got him people and then there's the no no it shows that he has a back and forth conversation yeah. and goes 
So you see the person you want to see. So if you wanted to see a great villain, then you're like, we got him. And if you wanted to be impressed with, oh, right, this is a back and forth for yeah. learning something. Recently, I've actually talked about this on our show uh, a bunch about politicians, just just to bring politics into the mix bizarrely on our show for a minute. Uh, it's the fact that like if politicians were to admit fault or or admit that perhaps they're wrong it would show a vulnerability which yeah. is what attaches people to you right like yeah. you 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 like somebody else due to their vulnerability you the fact that the human side politicians try to come across as these infallible heroes these infallible gods that can never be wrong despite just throwing tomes of logic at them right No, i'm still not wrong but if you were a politician who who like oh shit you know what that's a really good point like if you were if you went to a a politician's debate and you're like wow that's actually a really good point you just made i'm gonna have to think about that i'm gonna steal your idea yeah yeah right yeah (laughs) (laughs) but that would blow people's minds if a politician admitted like i could be wrong with that i'm gonna think about that that's a really good point you made people would be gobsmacked yeah gobsmacked yeah and so and you know? that's become really hard in this era because because people love being able to take a little clip out of something too right and, you know, look yeah at this, and then they paint a story about it and uh, and go this is why and you're just like no, i hate, no, no, I hate when you, they do that by the way too. just as it like taking little clips you know yeah. like if if jordan peterson uh was being interviewed and and he like he he would said something like yeah and the, the media would would love to hear me say something like i love nazis and then be on my way and then someone would just clip that one little bit yeah. of, of him going, I love Nazis. And that would be the only thing. You yes. be I'm going to clip you. Don't it. you dare. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and that's the, that's the big problem. And I mean, we were having lunch earlier when we were talking about rage scrolling and things like that. And yeah. people just getting fed what they want now on yeah. their social yeah. media stream and, and just scrolling through. And that's what they get. They get these little snippets. Yeah. And instead of using, you know, some deductive reasoning or a, a little bit of, you know, just... Yeah wanting to maybe know a bit more about maybe the full clip or something yeah They'll take it and run with it and that's part of the poison that we have in the world right now is, so uh, but this was a huge tangent that i brought us out of i'm sorry if you wanted to go oh, back I was, to the i want to i want to bring up the air horn because the air horn moment was brilliant so jesse what happens is mm-hmm. um they also interview uh, a, a woman who uh, protests jordan peterson's speeches by play by by with air horns. You, or, Jim Jeffries interviewed the woman who protests. Yeah. So both Jordan Peterson. Yeah, yes. we did. And, we and interviewed Jordan. all sides. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Of okay. The, of so, the issue. So yeah. uh, and then Jim Jeffries asks a question to her, um, and uh, well, the point is that she's not doesn't want to listen and no, have no. a back and forth conversation. Exactly. Yes. And 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 uh, asks a question about free speech, and then blasts an air horn in her face, and she tries to answer. Oh, you're gonna enjoy this clip when you discover it. You should you should watch it rather than me describe it to you. But, but the hard thing is, yeah, not talk, but, but doing these things is crazy because we didn't earn any points for diplomacy no, either. No, no, no. Either the people who hate uh, Jordan Peterson felt that we did a pro Jordan Peterson piece, <laughs> and the people who love Jordan Peterson feel that we did a hate Jordan Peterson piece, yeah, yeah. and we're like, oh my god, we we did the most like the most consciously showing showing both sides and being letting everybody have their points given and and yet uh, sometimes you just fail in this yeah, yeah, yeah. in this modern era of like yeah. i want to find a way to be angry at you no matter what yeah. right yeah. i've been told to be angry with you i'm going to be angry with you so uh, the other clip i wanted to bring up as well was the uh when you were covering the legalization debate 
uh, with in all, Ireland. Uh, oh no, um, okay. in um, sorry, the the cannabis legalization, and, right. and he went to Amsterdam to show what it's like in a uh, a country where weed is legal and yeah. everything. So many other things are legal there in yeah. comparison. Um, by going on a drive going on a drive around <laughs> with some police officers in Amsterdam. And literally, oh, yeah. And literally and no, a lot of no, statistics and stuff. <laughs> well, our showrunner, who's named uh, Scott Zabilski, uh, it was an amazing guy. So he was our showrunner. And he's uh, he was also a police officer. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. And, and uh, That's an amazing transition. Which is great. And also because Jim's older brother is a How police he... officer. So Jim is very close to the policing world. And, and that's always been an important issue to Jim is, is gun control, right? Yeah. So Jim's always been very passionate about that and so that's so so that's a lot of their brainchild together this our showrunner and jim going we need to do because they've done it around the world now the gun they did road with police officers <clears throat> in georgia they were police yeah, officers yeah. in australia and they'll put up statistics while they're doing it and uh there's a good twist to the police officers in australia i won't do a spoiler alert but i did just give you the answer about <laughs> a minute and a half ago um when jim is riding along with a police officer okay um in australia and and, and yeah, so they they police saw I, was on a horse. I love him on a horse. The back he was on the back of the, the police okay, horse. To, do, do you guys want to? It's his brother. <laughs> it's his brother. I, I, it's I, being his brother. Were you being sarcastic again? <laughs> no, I didn't move my eyebrows. No, so no, he's like, oh, wipe your eyes. Yeah. Yeah. But there's uh, the moment in the one clip where he makes two. Dutch police officers wait outside while he goes and smokes weed in a cafe. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, what he's doing? He's like, you know, I'm, there's there's people in prison because of this, and here in in in, yeah. in, in Amsterdam, they're waiting for me to finish my finish my joint. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, it's crazy. But anyway, yeah, I just like the, the, the way you illustrate those issues by doing stuff like that was great. Yeah, um, that's um, that's very. Yeah, I thought you initially talked. There's we did the one on abortion rights in Ireland, oh, which no, was I, crazy I because they were repealing uh, the right to, to, you know, the right to have an abortion in Ireland, which successfully I would like to think we can. Well, we did contribute a great deal. We did a two part piece on that, which helped the movement in Ireland. Oh, wow. Uh, and they repealed the Eighth Amendment, which was, uh, you know, so you're, you can get an abortion in Ireland now, which, weirdly enough, in Texas currently, they seem to be going in the opposite direction. That's so not that weird. It's, uh, it's Texas. That's not yeah, that weird. I guess, I guess so. But, <laughs> yeah. So, if, anything, um, if anything weird is going to happen in the States, it's going to be in Texas. <laughs> Did, was there anyone... I have friends in Texas. <laughs> I like Texas. But Texas is a weird place, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every, sta- every state in America has a, has a weird hang up hey man i've only been there for five years but i am blown away by something all the time every every time hold up hold up it's time for a mid-roll announcement that's right you get to be the lucky lucky so-and-so of an ad and and you know the best part you get to listen to this ad for free (laughs) we won't even charge you free ads all the time Was there anything on that show that like got you scared when you like? Because obviously, like the political the political climate is hot, and when you're doing this kind of cutting edge <laughs> well, stuff, is there anything that backfired or terrified you when you made it? Um, th- no, not not uh, entirely. I mean, we get we of course ruffled some feathers, and we've had some complaints, and we have, you know, and it is that social media era yeah. too, where if somebody wants to be, uh, they want to complain about a segment we, we did, they'll cut out 
bits Just from it and they'll yeah. paint it the way they want it so there are a couple of those figures out there that do dickish things but i'll tell you this is there's a funny side to this we did do a uh a circumcision piece um and we sent uh, choose your words carefully Jim. man this is, like, come on yeah. <laughs> it was unedited uh, it was it was we didn't, it was fully uncut. Uh, there you go. Uh, but uh, uh, it was, uh, yeah, I don't know. Basically, we riled the feathers of the uh, of the anti-circumcision people in the world, which are, they're called intactivists. No fucking way. This, this is a real thing. Yes, they're called intactivists. And like, as I said, so that's I, actually kind of a cool name. Like, as far as it sounds like. <laughs> so, it sounds, I mean, it doesn't seem that complex. <laughs> I get it. Uh, it sounds, it sounds like don't a don't take a knife to my junk. It, sounds like, it, it does sound like a character from Doctor Who. Intactivist. <laughs> Doctor Intactivist. Doctor yeah. Intactivist. <laughs> if you didn't know it was related to circumcision, you would think yeah. it's just about remaining part of a country yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, if but, I go to a bar and I start meeting women and they ask me what I do, I'm gonna say I'm an intactivist. Nope, just leave nope, it you don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to trust me. So uh, when you discover so what I want to say was we we uh, so we did this is less scary but it's it's i don't know worrisome or whatever it's and you know what, it's not a big deal but uh so i tour with jim as well so i'm i opened for him uh okay. in america and which is amazing the intectivist uh got so offended by our piece on the jim jeffrey show so basically jim is circumcised we're not afraid to say we're, we're i'm north american i'm circumcised um and his angle is that it's not a big deal. And I know this is a discussion that everybody's having in the modern era, whether or not to circumcise their kids. Jim landed on the circumcision side, in his opinion, which is fine. And tactivists disagree, you know, and they protest things with like bloody marks on their pants, you know, like big bloody. Like, <laughs> oh, come on. And so I opened opening for Jim on the road, but they started following us on the road oh. at the gigs, and we started. They're the biggest protest that we had. We've had intactivists protesting me something with this. I just take photos <laughs> with them. I take photos like ten feet from them, but they're all standing there in their white pants with the bloody crotches and stuff, and yelling, "You know, you guys are monsters!" You're so stop. Oh my god, man! The, the opportunity. It it feels like I would have joined them. I would have kind of like gone in like. I'm a monster! I put my arm around their shoulders and take photos with them. No, <laughs> do it, do it, but with your white pants on backwards. <laughs> with a bloody hat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it'll be terrible when they find you out. But, uh, <laughs> it's crazy. Like, just can you, can you, like, how do you, the quickest way to shut down a protester is just to agree with them. You know, just, yeah. it's important. Like, also, I, you know, it, it doesn't, I love this, and I don't have an example ready to go for the intactivists. Intactivists? Uh, intactivists. Intactivists, yeah. right? But when someone is, um, has, has taken their logic to a crazy place, right? Yeah. Um, like a lot, so like as an example, um, some Christian it's fundamentalists. It's crazy, the crazy behavior too. I, yes, I don't that's, care that's, about your opinion, or no, I don't yeah. care about your opinion, but yeah. I don't, and I don't mind you having it. But it's when you start yeah, thinking yeah. that the rest oh, of the world, yeah, needs yeah, to exactly, bend right? The to behavior, the exactly. You can't when you when you are faced with crazy, right? Yeah. 
you can't logic them. You cannot defeat or diffuse crazy with logic. You can't do it. People have been trying for centuries. It can't be done. It's fun to watch. It's fun to try to argue, but it doesn't actually get anything done. If you wanna, if you wanna defeat crazy, and this is actually it's really fun. You gotta out crazy them, okay? Yeah. <laughs> you gotta be crazier than them, right? Agree with them and then take it further. Right? <laughs> well, and have them apologize. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We brought him with us. this, <laughs> I had, I had inches at it. <laughs> I'm, I'm so in agreement with you. I, I tell you what, I've gone around to clinics all around the world. I've collected up everybody else's remainder of their knobs. I've added. I now have, I now have a nine-inch surgically enhanced cock. Can I be on your team? Please, it looks like this. <laughs> it, just, it just looks like a dead, a dead elephant. Like, anyway, uh, we are we're officially running out we're running out of time so jj on that note it's quarter to three okay, i want to give you plenty minutes. of time to talk Holy about your fuck. projects and your tour and your podcast <laughs> and your twitch and everything out. else yeah well um <laughs> so, just I'm glad, or, or he can just laugh for the next just, 10 minutes. Just watch like, Jesse laugh. <laughs> He's not with us. <laughs> Jesse, wait until you see. Wait until you, <sighs> I like that you didn't even know this is real. Now everybody, now your listeners are going to look up and talk to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy shit. Of all the things in the world to be passionate about. And now, and now picture me and Jim. Picture me and Jim. We'll be at the show uh, later this uh, like. So I'm joining, I'm rejoining the Jim Jeffries tour. Yeah. When I get back to the states and yeah that's we every now and then we're just we're in the dressing room just getting ready to go on stage and the show manager will come back going there's some protesters out front but they don't seem to be angry at the things you talk about in your show they just seem to be angry that you have a circumcised cock but yeah that uh, seems to be what has pissed off people the most they're most riled up by by us being circumcised oh oh my god i would be so happy to have fucking intactivists follow us around race are you kidding me oh my god oh my god like there are so many different protesters that i could be afraid of but those guys at the end like why don't you go have a drink with them after the show you know, you know what i mean well they're like, not friendly they're uh, well, no, exactly. they, 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 these are people protesting the skin on dicks yeah. okay they can't no, be that's, dangerous that's, people to me that sounds terrifying they are literally the people protesting skin on dicks no, they're, they're, why would you go but just to clarify, guys, they're protesting the lack of skin oh, yeah, yeah, on dicks. Right, yeah, the, the it's, removal it's of skin on dicks that they want. That they're all want, about yeah, that. Yeah, more skin on dicks. Yeah, yeah. To, to, to remain, they feel that you're a criminal and a child abuser. Yeah, yeah. If you, which, which that being said, no, listen, whatever you decide, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, good, good for you. Uh, but <laughs> so you, you're on tour in the US now. So I'll be joining Jim's uh, tour. Uh, yeah, and which is going to be lots of fun. We haven't been touring for the whole pandemic, so it'll be nice to yeah, snap yeah. out of that. And you've got um, a po- you've got a podcast that you're doing. And yeah, I personally like in the yeah, time. Yeah, yourself. Uh, yeah, that's right. Okay, well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Look me up. Hold uh, yourself uh, out. There you go. Look, look, look me up unless unless you're an intactivist. And, uh, <laughs> 
I uh, didn't know where to find him. In the time of the pandemic, I yeah, I've started to do Twitch, which is crazy for a, for a, you know a veteran comedian to join ask, the world of Twitch. What do you do on Twitch? So I play, I do play games because okay. I, but I also do the so you can just do just chatting, yeah, which I think is always funny, and I fun. think my viewers like that. But then I also I wasn't a gamer or anything, but I think it's that fear of like, what the hell do I talk to people about four days a week? You know, for the for an hour and a half, two hours. And I thought playing a game and making fun of the characters. I like to play a narrative game and make fun of whatever bullshit kind of character <laughs> story arc is oh. happening on on screen. So that's kind of fun as well. Real quick um, shout out to my buddy Matthew Guvea uh, in Toronto, uh, who I just found out today plays a character uh, in Far Cry Six. Oh, oh, amazing. How freaking cool yeah, is that? That's going to be great. I would love to have a character in a video game. Right? Like, cool is that? Hey, I'm sorry, I just wanted to shout out. There's more money that's... in that than movies these days. <laughs> yeah, you can right? have a character in a video game. You're, you're probably getting paid more than I'm if... I'm totally planning on buying buying that game. I was planning on it anyway, and I just, I can't wait to kind of, like, pick him out. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, that's not how it was. And I can yeah. just shoot him in the face, you know, or whatever. Like, you know, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, even since I've, because I, since I've been in Canada now for a couple weeks, I've just been broad just doing just live just chatting like in real life for irl as the kids say uh but but it's fun and i actually can't see it going away i see it as part of the makeup to being a comedian i think in the future yeah i think people really love having a little bit more personal con you gone are the days of just being a man who wanders out of the woods stands on the stage in a random city delivers your jokes and observations and then disappears back into the woods i did want to my father did it yeah i I, I, I never saw him for weeks at a time yeah (laughs) just in the woods somewhere He's just—he just disappeared in the woods. I mean, I—I I do have that romantic piece of my comedian soul that wishes I could do that, but I think that those those times are gone now. Thank God. Because if you don't—if you don't find a way—if you don't find a way to nurture your audience outside of that, you are wandering uh, out of the woods. <laughs> nothing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just coming out of the woods, going, "I'm here," and there's just there's just one dude with his dog and three antagonists standing here. Going, I was, I've been waiting for you to arrive. I want to talk to you about something. All right, but before you do. What's your penis look like? <laughs> we so, want to know to be angry at you or not. We don't know yet. Just put your pants down for a second. That's all we need. Three yeah, seconds. Yeah, so it's been fun. It's been a learning curve. Like I was saying, you guys, your... I, I only started doing these things this year, too. I didn't start at the start of the pandemic. At the start of the pandemic, I think we were still dealing with, like, the Jim Jeffries show and, mm. and uh, what are we going to do next and stuff. And now that the great reboot of society is coming, I will say, the I started. It does. It feels like a great it reboot. Does, yeah. We're going, we're going back on stage we're doing stand-up again finally we're not any stand-up that i did during the pandemic was in a parking lot to cars you know i don't know if you guys know <laughs> and about beep, that, but and they beat and so. well no there's a sound ordinance in los angeles and they're not allowed to honks or horns so, so what they do is just wipe those good they would hand them <laughs> you're, you're very close really you're, you're very very close what they do is they hand you clackers oh wow and if they like what you're saying they would do down the window and clack for you oh that's kind of cool clack actually the, oh it's not cool <laughs> oh trust me trust me and you haven't you haven't been insulted until you had a car walk out on you yeah. <laughs> you, haven't, you haven't 
imagine have to stand there on stage while a car does a 19-point turn going, fuck you, Whitehead. I never liked your stand-up. And then they're forward, reverse, forward. I'm getting out of this parking lot eventually. So that's that's the only way they can walk out on you. I, I long for these days. in the passenger side clacking out the window. Put that down. Yeah. I long for the days of like being back on stage now. And if somebody doesn't like the show, they can just walk silently out the back of the room and not right. listen anymore. Oh, so, my God. So that would be good. And uh, yeah, uh, but JJ Whitesnake on uh, Twitch. And we got a, I got a podcast JJ Whitesnake as well. JJ Whitesnake on tw- so twitch.tv slash JJ Whitesnake. Well, actually, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. A lot of my social media is JJ Whitesnake because I made a decision, a drunken decision about 10 years ago that I was going to be JJ Whitesnake. Okay. I, well, I thought, I thought, well, MySpace came and went. <laughs> yeah, 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 so yeah. I thought all of these titles are fleeting. <laughs> so who gives a shit what you call yourself? And so I call myself JJ Whitesnake. Uh, it turns out that it ends up sticking. Uh, <laughs> turns out those, those things work. So, but if you look me up on any social media, I try to have all the links there because everybody's got their particular thing. I've got a podcast with Francisco Ramos, who's a comedy store act. We're at the com- we we recorded the comedy store in Los Angeles. They just took us on, um, so it's out there. There's all kinds of avenues, um, but yeah. So but that's what I'm trying to do right now is grow all these social media things. Since I'm quite new to the social media game, mm. I've just been a live comedian and a TV writer for so long. But I'm enjoying like I'm things like Twitch and stuff are actually they're yeah. a lot more Twitch is enjo- fun. Yeah. They're more enjoyable than i thought um because i thought it was quite it's quite intimidating when you're like do you what do am i gonna the, talk do you do about? all the on-screen like graphics with bits and stuff not and, yet but i'm slowly learning and i have a couple of mods you know who have been designing things yeah, yeah, yeah so they've got some like every now and then like like uh i have this great mod her name is tweed pond shout out to tweed pond she's designed some j some baby j's so she's got a vomiting j and a and a love struck j and, <laughs> and, awesome. and all of a sudden sometimes when i'm twitching and talking to people it'll pop somebody spins i don't even know how it works really <laughs> <laughs> somebody spends 500 channel points or some shit and, uh, and me petting a moose will just pop up on screen and I'm like what the fuck is this so I am in that world now I'm in that world I'm on the road over for gym yeah, if, if you want the personal touch come to my Twitch channel and give me, you can give me a question and I will literally be there reading it and, and answer it for you so, so at the end of our I'm assuming we're, we're getting close to wrapping up at the end of our episodes, we we do a call to action. We literally call it call to action, where we ask because like when uh, pretty much like any YouTube or, or podcast or tw- anything, people just bombard your audience with. Don't forget to like and subscribe and rate and hit the yeah. bell button. And it's so much information that everyone's so used to hearing all at once all the time that it becomes white noise. So right. we do a thing where we ask our audience to just do one thing. Once and sometimes that one thing is treat yourself. Go make a sandwich. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know. So for you, uh, JJ, what would you give our audience today as a call to action? And maybe it could be go to Twitch. It could be whatever you want. Oh, well, shit, man. I'm here at home. This is where I grew up in Nova Scotia. I really enjoyed it. So I will say call your mom. Call your fucking mom. (laughs) Say hello to your family. And then get back to your life. I like (laughs) that. Talk to your parents. I've really enjoyed being home, man. It's been a pleasure. And I've loved meeting you guys. I I just love it. And I love that you guys have added to the tapestry of being home there's part of me that well, while i've been home that i'm like i should just move home i love being home i love being home <laughs> and then it takes people like members of my family to go no look you're in la just keep doing what you're doing like, oh 
shouldn't I just come home? Like, so yeah, Halifax so, has been described yeah. to me as a velvet pit. Okay, it's right. so smooth and velvety. It's so nice, and you don't notice that you're slowly sinking and sinking and sinking. Yeah. You can't climb out once you're at the bottom. It's yeah, I could have lived yeah. anywhere in Canada, and I chose Halifax. I don't know. I well like done. It. Well I done. Right. I mean, it's been absolutely because I've been home. I usually come home at Christmas time to do some shows and stuff, and I know it's been a couple of years since I've been home now. But this is my first catching this gorgeous weather and the I know it's so warm. So I, I have a, it is, yeah. it is a, it's a hell of a velvet pit. I, <laughs> I, I have a love hate relationship with this city. I truly do. I I love Halifax. It is my home. It is where I grew up. Um, I have a lot of friends here. I have family here. But it is a velvet pit. And and my issue with this city is several things for one thing it's just beautiful the people are wonderful the people are kind and friendly and and gregarious but at the same time we have this weird 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 thing with the arts okay we celebrate and i mean celebrate mediocrity okay (laughs) if someone says i'm gonna be a stand-up comedian i'm gonna go do this thing as an example yeah. Okay. Um, and then they're, and then friends, or even not even friends, just anyone goes and sees this person who is new in the stand up comedian world and they, they did a show. They don't celebrate you because you did a good job. They don't clap and celebrate because you did the job. They celebrate because. Oh. Yeah. No, no, no. I was going to say, I have extra time. My manager needs 10 minutes. So. Okay, that's fine. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. So yeah, okay, yeah, your rant. okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry. No, so no. You're good. You're good. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, everybody. That's yeah. Sorry, I had not hard out because I had a phone. I, yeah, yeah. I just got this. Los Angeles is just waking up right now, and this is when I this is when I get those calls of like we're not on time. I like it when they're not on time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like it when I'm not. Yeah, on time. Yeah, yeah. So sorry, I, was, I was looking at the clock, going, I hope I hope Jesse's story finishes. <laughs> <laughs> no, nope, you're good. I literally no. Sorry, yeah, no. We're totally good. I like it. I like it when they when they do it. Yeah, it's yeah. totally sorry, fine. So okay, so just to. I mean, the joke is going to be ruined now. But it's, <laughs> um, we can edit it out. It's fine. <laughs> um, no, so in Halifax, there's this weird, weird thing where we celebrate med- mediocrity. If you do a stand-up routine and you're new to it, you're like, hey, guys, I'm going to do stand-up. And I'm not talking to your friends come to see you because your friends are going to love you no matter what. I mean strangers in Halifax, okay, will come to see you do stand-up and they will clap and they will applause and they will come and they'll talk to you after the show and they will tell you what a great job you did not because you did a great job but because you chose to do literally anything at all right they celebrate the fact that people do choose to do anything at all is celebrated in this city and it's sad because we i think that's nice yeah i think i think it's nice too i'm having having trouble painting this is a bad thing so people get creative and ambitious and try to do something for themselves. Uh, and then they're supported. Then they're supported by their peers. I will argue. I'll give a chance to argue this because uh, you make a good point. Okay. <laughs> okay. That is nice at first. Yes, it is. See nice what's to happening be. right now? This is a back and forth discussion. <laughs> it's, a, it's a participation medal. Okay, is no matter what you do. Oh, little Timmy, he, he did something. Here's a medal. It's a participation medal, which yes makes you feel good for doing something coming off your lazy ass but it never challenges you to do better ever so you, you, oh my god johnny wrote a book not johnny wrote a good book or johnny wrote a great book johnny wrote a book right end of story clap 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 move on to the next yes. thing so, so essentially you, you, he's great you, even if he's shit yeah <laughs> you, you prefer a system of like cultural darwinism well, I mean, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I 
city. You're going, though, you're going with the whole, like, everybody gets yeah, a medal. Yeah, yeah. Everybody this, gets a medal in the right, city. Okay. Yeah. I just, well, that, yeah, I think that's a whole cultural, that's everywhere in the world, too. That's not just in Halifax, but, uh, well, yeah. Well, maybe, maybe that could be wrong. Maybe it's everywhere. Yeah. But, like, I've noticed, I've noticed it in this city. Like, it, like, right. kind of hard, it sticks out. Yeah, but right. it's, good, it's a good place to get started and build your but confidence. You, and you then don't you can, know how it's not until you go to other cultures that you realize your medal is a piece of shit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I spend all this money given this medal. Like, yeah, well, we, have, we have different standards for our medals here. Uh, so go stand over there by the antagonist. You're, uh, you're just as relevant. Oh, God. oh my throat. Yeah, so, so everyone go, go and call your, your mother. That's the because I really enjoyed my family time. It's been really nice to be home. So you've got, you don't realize how, I mean, not that I'm in a, well, I am, I am in a self-centered, uh, ambitious, uh, kind of, uh, career, I guess, or whatever, but, uh, and I love it. I love, I love what I do and everything. And I had my family and my people. See, in, what would have been LA, way funnier is but, if you pulled it away. From and, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I was reaching for a glass but, of water. Yeah, but being home towards and, me. and seeing everybody has made me, you know, and I can't wait. I'm because they're all asking too, like you're home so close to Christmas. Will you come home again? I'm like, yeah, I'll do my best to come home. Like, you know, provided I can get through all these hurdles. There's a lot of hurdles with, sorry, we do have 10 minutes if you guys want it. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But there's a lot of hurdles. Like getting here was a hell of a thing. Like you have to get the 70, you have to get the test, the PDS, PCR oh, yeah, test yeah, yeah, within 72 right. hours <laughs> in order to travel. I was almost angry when I landed in Vancouver at first from LA and didn't get pulled up when they didn't like pull me aside yeah, yeah, yeah. to check all my paperwork. They just kind of glanced at it. I was like, come on, really? Really? Don't you want to try harder? Oh yeah. I'd be a little me? upset too, honestly, because <laughs> I want to see them doing a good job, right? Like, you know, I don't want them just kind of well, wave that, me through. That happens in Halifax too. Not to throw Halifax under the bus, but they no, do, they do. do warn you that they're going to really like, yeah, yeah. go through all your paperwork. They did not. I mean, I did land in Halifax at six in the morning, but uh, they do in the restaurants. Yeah. Every they restaurant do, you go they, to, they want they, your, your ID and your your test, yeah. uh, your, your proof of vaccine. They're pretty... Yeah, well, yeah I was, I was actually very good I, job. I, I went and met uh, JJ and, and Reese today at a at a, a bar outside in the patio, and I was all excited. Like this is the first time I've, I was ever going to give my my passport, my vaccine passport, to to a waitress or, or a staff member. And I was like, I got my phone out. I'm like, here it is. She's like, oh great, where's your ID? I'm like, fuck. I, <laughs> I had to confirm your identity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's oh, cool. Well, thanks so much. The bus. <laughs> yeah. We don't know who this guy yeah, is. Yeah. <laughs> so you got you're here for another five days. What are you planning on doing? Another five days. Uh, so I'm doing a spot at Yuck Yucks tomorrow night. Oh, I'm, fuck me. Actually, well, yeah. So well, I was, but it's I. Can so you get me in? I was. Uh, I know it's not. I'm not headlining, but because um, I was headlining Yuck Yucks last week, but I have been doing a Nova Scotia specific bit. So I asked Yuck Yucks if they would let me come in and record it tomorrow because I'm going to try to uh, pitch it around. Maybe uh, it just seems so. No, I'm actually, actually I could tell you guys it Please, if you want. Yeah. Um, it's a true story. I uh, yeah, I got tons of time now. Okay. I, uh, uh, true story. My phone bill. This is fun to talk about this on the air actually too because I want to work it out. Uh, but uh, I my phone bill went up seven hundred bucks over Jesus. the pandemic. What the fuck? Yeah, per month. That's how I felt as well. It just yeah, all of a sudden seven hundred dollars per well, month. Well, luckily I caught it on the month that it went up. 
And I was like, what the hell is happening? Well, exactly. That's what I'm about to tell you about. Then you strap right in and we're about to. Just let him tell the story. This is exactly how I felt, too, man. Maybe you should be on stage with this. You add so much. It would be great. If I want to work this out on a comedy stage, if I can go. Okay. True story. True story. I'm not making this up and I wish I was because then I wouldn't have to tell the story but I have had I laugh so hard and I laugh at so many things I had a stand-up comedian find me after his show to come and shake my hand because I just I laughed so much during his set right that yeah. he's like dude thank you for just being here just it made the show seem funnier right right, <laughs> right? We're, yeah. no, I'm just bursting out laughing and everything so that was embarrassing but yeah I'll come to your show and laugh at you <laughs> that would be very funny just to have you like maybe sit on a stage or sit on a chair sit on the stage and then I go so I was down at the gym the other day and you're like what no you were at the gym where was it? What location? Okay, I'll tell you in a second. So it was down, I was at the gym in East Hollywood. East Hollywood? So is that like in Hollywood? Yes, yes, that's in Hollywood. It's like, eventually we'll get to the... Hope, hope me one gag so, last 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah. I will 100% do this job. Yeah, here, I, here I am wanting to record this Nova Scotia story just for posterity at Yuck Yucks. That, so that's the scoop. I was telling it on stage. I, so I was headlining oh Yuck Yucks last week. So we don't have a time machine can't go back to that thing but i've asked them to come in i'm going to record it for posterity because i don't see telling this story very much in la and they might be confused in la which you'll understand once i tell you this okay my phone bill goes up by 700 bucks pause for jesse to go what i was almost right what's going on here? i stopped myself <laughs> now i have so living in america i do have uh i have that deal where you can call canada and mexico for 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 no additional charge i've signed up for that but i went down to t-mobile in uh, on Hollywood Boulevard, and uh, to tell them like why is my phone bill got up seven hundred bucks? This is honest to God's truth. Uh, and what I was saying on stage last week was that it's evidence that America is, you know, 39th in education and number one in confidence in the world. <laughs> so this young 18 year old is there and uh, and looks at my bill. And I was like, why has it gone up 700 bucks? And the kid goes, well, well, sir. Well, Mr. Whitehead, you have uh, free phone calls to Mexico and Canada. And I said, yes, I do. I do. And it's gone up 700 bucks. And they went, well, you've been calling Nova Scotia. And I, and this is true. And I went, yes, yes, I have free phone calls to Mexico and Canada. Mexico's not even important at this point. But the Canada thing, very important. And yet the confidence in this young American working at T-Mobile as he looked at me and went, well, Nova Scotia is not in Canada. Oh, my God. And I had to go, no, it's it's very much in Canada, I assure you. And he wasn't bending. He wouldn't. He wouldn't go ask for anybody else. He's like, no, Nova Scotia. And I'm getting an educational, uh, you oh know, lesson God. from this kid who's going, no, Nova Scotia is not in Canada. Like he thought it was something out of Harry Potter or some <laughs> shit. You know, Narnia. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, so I'm just explaining, it's not a dream of ours to one day be part of Canada. I'm like, dude, this is, we're very much Canadian. He went and got two other T-Mobile employees, both also, I would say, between the ages of 18 and 21. And with all the confidence in the world, all three of them stood in front of me and tried to explain to me that Nova Scotia is not part of Canada. Oh my God. And they're like, see the area code here is 902-8. <laughs> <laughs> 
too, Mr. Whitehead. That's not a that's not a Canadian area code. I'm like, no, that's the Nova Scotia area code. I was begging and pleading with them. This is amazing. It was some crazy. Did you tell them that you were from Nova Scotia? I did. I explained (laughs) I am from Nova Scotia. I guarantee you it's Nova Scotia. Not having it. They had to go in the back room and get one of their bosses. Unbelievable. And one of them stayed with me. And there was a map of Canada on the wall. Oh my god. Sorry, not a map of Canada, but a map, a world map. Yeah. And I didn't notice, like, see the way you have your honeycomb kind of thing on the, but I didn't notice that the, that the far side of the map ended at the corner and the map stopped at Maine. So Nova Scotia, so when I confidently, when they came out, I went, look, and, it, and I just, I gestured, I went to gesture and Nova Scotia was not on the map either. <laughs> so I'm Is trying, it just the edge of New Brunswick? Yeah, it was just the edge of New Brunswick and Maine. And I'm, so now I'm like, got to explain to these kids that you don't fall off the end of the earth if you try to go all the way to the east coast of Canada. And oh I'm just fucking God. arguing with them. This that is Nova, amazing. Yes. So, amazing. So I really enjoyed explaining that to, uh, to the, to a hometown audience uh, last weekend when I, when I, was headlines so tomorrow so night so well that's so the well, a resolution well i have my well my <laughs> twist is more an empathetic twist to that it's nice to share this well basically i just say that it's nice to be able to share this story with the halifax crowd because here in halifax we are the only ones who know that we don't exist right <laughs> so that, that is basically the eventual conclusion that i come to with the story you managed so, to convince them of nova scotia's existence they, in Canada? i did eventually so the person the, their boss person came out and i and started listening to me and i I was like, I don't know what they think Nova Scotia is, but it is very much Eastern Canada. And they eventually agreed with me, you know, that, okay. But and is actually, that where the $700 bill came from? Yeah, it was from calling my parents in Nova Scotia. It was and from so, calling home from L.A. And it, so, it couldn't have been like a personal. It had to be like in the system somewhere. Exactly. Yes. Someone rezoned Nova, Nova Scotia. Totally. Totally. What? Totally. It was just jacking up my phone bill, even though I had free phone calls to Canada. And I'm trying to explain them. Please put us on the map. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Please, we exist. Just a knock through the Starbucks Truly next door just to finish the map. That's unbelievable. I have ever been in my, in my life. Just so. 10 fucking provinces, man. It's yeah. not that hard to memorize. Okay, especially since just the, the number alone. <laughs> yes, 10. There's 10. There's 10. <laughs> yeah, r- r- ridiculous. Oh my god! Yeah, so my next five days in town, I'm gonna, you know, some more ninth in education, number one in confidence. I like that a lot. Very true about America, man. Very, very true. And uh, yeah, and I live amongst them. So (laughs) by choice. Yeah. Yeah, man. Again, you're gonna slip me that paper later on. It's like, please help me. (laughs) So yes, uh, call to action: call your mother and and call your mother and find JJ White Snake on all of the main platforms. Yeah, find me on twitch or whatever your preference is right but i am i'm leaning heavily into twitch in this pandemic in these pandemic times i switch on i currently do mondays tuesdays thursdays and fridays okay and who knows when we hit the road again with the jim jeffries tour it might be less fridays but uh i do uh three o'clock mondays thursdays 11 o'clock this is from la though 11 o'clock tuesdays and fridays it would be uh or no well it's not uh it would be 11 11 right yeah yeah just subtract four hours so uh (laughs) but yeah it's out there i'm reachable but i feel that that's my future medium i would like to do that and uh but i will never stop doing live stand-up of course so right now i love it hopefully that will just be the thing that will complement i like it more than instagram and twitter and all those i like i like the fact that i go to the computer i turn it on i say hello to everybody i do the thing and then i turn it off i kind of like that and i like that everybody knows they can reach me there 
That's what Reese and I have been trying to do. Reese has been uh, introduced me to Instagram Live, but the funny thing he'll he'll do is he'll he'll go on Instagram Live with me for like two minutes just as people are coming on to see a show and then he'll quit he'll just <laughs> like hi everyone <laughs> just, just, just saying hi I'm getting in my car see ya <laughs> it's usually done to pull planning I was like shit I gotta go it's like, yeah, it's like, well that's yeah. the hard thing about those things that's what I didn't like about uh, I mean I'm still available on Instagram and stuff like that but I don't like that as much because you feel like you just have to be there all the time yeah, There's yeah, yeah. Uh, everything's mm. it's on and off and it's just here I mean, and maybe there we should, maybe Canadian politics is boring should get its own Twitch channel what yeah. Do you think? yeah well we, we did youtube live during the election really well which really, we had like the whole five hours we covered the election results as it right came in. we had a really really good crowd it was good fun and we should yeah. maybe twitch is a better place to do it. twitch is a better place for live in general yeah i've asked other people like who've done both youtube and twitch and they're like oh yeah no twitch is just better yeah, in yeah, general yeah. for that sort of thing but for yeah. for doing youtube live which is not known for live we we had a fairly healthy audience which yeah, was pretty good, yeah. um before we go if you could give a singular piece of life advice to our audience yeah. to end on, what would it be? Ooh, well, I mean, we actually, we always ask, at the end of our po- travel podcast that we do with the Comedy Store, we always ask for travel advice. Oh, interesting. Um, but I would, I would say, every time you meet somebody, just remember that you do not, ha- they do not have the same life experience as you. They do not have the same opinion as you, but just be ready. You don't know what they've been through. I guess is what I would say. Cause, good advice. Cause yeah. Cause especially in this era, you know, you can get worked up with things that you read on your own social media feed or whatever, and then go barreling into something with somebody who can be going through any, they can be home for a funeral. They can be doing any, they can have any kind of life experience. So just remember other people's experiences are not the same as yours. So tread carefully. I like that. Nice. Well, have Thanks a, so have much a bit of respect. And call your mom. And call your mom. For fuck's sake. For fuck's sake, everybody out there. Call your mom. Says the comedian who's about to fuck off back to LA. And oh, who knows when I'll come home again. It's okay. It's closer than Britain for your mom. Yeah. Love your mom. <laughs>
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, dear listener, do you enjoy listening to us ramble incoherently about Canadian politics and history? Boy, do we have a special fucking treat for you. We've got our first ever official live show at a bar. It's at Two Crows Brewing on uh, Brunswick Street in Halifax on Sunday, May the 26th at 8 p.m. And uh, if you go to CanadianPoliticsIsBoring.com, if you look at the banner at the top, it will take you to the tickets so that you can uh, book a ticket and come and spend some quality time. It is going to be a very intimate affair. There are like only about 50 tickets available. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to drink a lot. We're going to quiz. Reese is going to quiz me at the end, but he's also going to quiz the audience and see if they know more than I do. And any alcohol you buy, Reese and I, we promise to drink it no matter how much it is. If you want to hold our hair while we barf in the plants outside of the bar, we'll do that for you. So go to CanadianPoliticsIsBoring.com, click the banner at the top, and on Sunday, May the 26th at Two Crows Brewing on Brunswick Street, we will see you there. 